You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock with you once again here at BD Peacock on Twitter. A fantastic guest today, Chris Biederman. He is senior reporter on the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. You probably heard the Candlestick Chronicles podcast with Chris and Kyle Madsen. There's no shortage of fantastic podcasts and writers about the 49ers. And Chris, you might agree with me here. In my humble opinion, the San Francisco 49ers are the most well-covered team in the NFL. Wow. Um, yeah, I certainly think there are a lot of good hangs on the beat. <laughs> like you've, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of, uh, a lot of the guys on the beat. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy hanging out with everybody. So I think from that standpoint, we do a really good job. And obviously there's, there's a lot of just great talent and on the beat, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the usual suspects, Mayoko's plugged in and been doing this forever. And Barrows is, is, um, Kind of, I think I think Barrows is kind of like the brain. Like you think of Pinky and the brain. I think of, I think of Barrows being being the brain. Um, and uh, is, is, and that, yeah, is so Mayoko I, Pinky then? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's fair. Okay. I don't have any problem saying that like on, on record. Um, and then there's Eric Branch, who's one of my favorite people on the planet, and Nick Wagner from ESPN, who does an incredible job there too. So yeah, I, I appreciate that. I don't know where I stack up. Probably pretty low, but. Um, but no, I think, uh, I, I, I think it's a great point that there are a lot of talented people writing about the 49ers right now. Look, if, if it comes, if, if we were equating 49ers beat writers to quarterbacks, Chris, I think you would be the guy that another paper would be trading three first round picks to get. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The future is bright with this one. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about the 49ers. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on Chris is because this podcast specifically, and I know a lot of the coverage, it's been so much that I really think it's Justin Fields and I have the whole time and I never understood the Mac Jones thing. So it's been so much Mac Jones versus Justin Fields that I haven't talked a lot about Trey Lance. And I think there's still a good enough chance that Trey Lance could be the pick. And I would be totally fine with Trey Lance as the pick, but he's sort of the neutral party here and, and hasn't really gotten talked about a lot. I don't believe it's going to be him, but I I fully think it's going to be him more so than it would be Mac Jones. The Mac Jones thing just never smelled right, doesn't make any sense, even as much as, as everybody that's plugged in nationally had been throwing that name out there. Um, but I want, to, I want to go to Trey Lance because you have been one of the most vocal 49ers beat writers that is putting that name out there maybe even first maybe even as the front runner do you think it it makes the most sense to you or do you think it's actually the most likely to happen for the 49ers with Trey Lance so the my my Trey Lance opinion sort of stems from just trying to connect as many dots as I can having covered Kyle Shanahan since he since he got hired in 2017 and look I I agree with you about Mac Jones it you know you hear Kyle Shanahan say things like in an ideal world uh, if you were to draw it up, you would pick the the top, the biggest, fastest, strongest guy who could also throw from the pocket. Um, and to me, after they made the trade, I did the dive on all the quarterbacks, and I I watched as much as I could on YouTube, talked to people I know in and out of the league, um, and just con- just trying to connect all those dots and knowing what I know about Kyle Shanahan, looking at the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Um, you want to talk about upside. I think Lance might have the most upside, particularly in a situation where you go into the season with Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter, and then you allow Trey Lance that time to develop. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the way Kyle Shanahan scouted and evaluated CJ Beathard back in 2017, because you'll remember Brian, like when they, when, when they drafted CJ Beathard, what Kyle Shanahan said was, well, he did a lot of stuff in a pro style offense in in college. And that was easy to project. Um, And I think that's very similar to Trey Lance in the system that they run at North Dakota state. You remember, in you know 2015, Matt Ryan sort of struggled initially running Kyle Shanahan's offense with the Falcons because he hadn't been doing a lot of the play action back to your defense type stuff. Um, well, that's what Trey Lance has been doing. Um, and so he's pretty advanced, probably the most advanced just within the structure of that kind of offense of all these guys coming out, um, even more so than Mac Jones, right? So um, you, you, watch, you watch Trey Lance play stylistically for me i think he's the guy that's most projectable in the offense and that's not to say that justin fields isn't because i think he absolutely is you're just projecting a little bit more because you haven't seen him do that right like everything at ohio state is slow developing and he's waiting for his guys to get open on those long plays downfield whereas trey lance's offense when he is passing and i know it was a lot of run heavy offense stuff that that they did because it was a run first offense, but it was, it's much more of a rhythm West coast style um, short throws. Like what, what the 49ers do North Dakota state does in sort of a dumbed down version of it, right? A college version of it. So you pair that with the potential upside. Um, the fact that you might have a little bit of leeway in terms of time to develop Trey Lance um, his ability to throw on the run. I think he's a better runner with a ball in his hands than uh, than Justin Fields. And then so if you do need to play him in year one, you could sort of have, you could incorporate his running into the offense in a way that, that I think elevates the baseline of the offense. Um, you think about, you know, it's, it's obviously not apples to apples, but you think about just what it looked like when Colin Kaepernick was, was running the offense in 2012 there was obviously a lot of uh, of his runs incorporated in the offense, and that made it easier to incorporate him because you didn't have to have the most complex passing offense right from the jump. You could throw him in there, rely on his legs, and then eventually he would develop into that into that passer. Um, so that's what I think. What I think the appeal is for Lance is that you think about what Mike McDaniel likes to do in the running game and what the 49ers could potentially have with a quarterback that could run, who's sort of, you know, he, he reminds me with the ball in his hand, like he's, he's not as good as George Kittle with the ball in his hands, but he has that same sort of tenacity about him. Like I'm going to run through your face. Um, And I think he's ultimately going to play once he's fully grown. um, He's going to be, you know, 240 pounds probably. And he's just, he needs to learn how to slide. And obviously he's not going to be able to take on defenders like he did at North Dakota state, but just thinking about that type of tenacity, that type of football player and the physicality he plays with, I I just, I could see Kyle Shanahan wanting a guy like that. And that's not to take anything against Justin Fields, because I think everything I've said about Trey Lance also applies to Justin Fields. But when you're talking about just 
from a pure fit perspective and what you can project right now based on what Kyle Shanahan has seen on the tape, I think it's more likely to be Trey Lance and Fields. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the pick. That's just going back to, you know, what he said about C.J. Beathard and how much Beathard playing in that system at Iowa helped Shanahan make that evaluation. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up C.J. Beathard because I saw some of that too. And I found it really interesting after the 49ers drafted C.J. Beathard, he talked about some other things that he liked. One of the first thing he mentioned was that he's tough as S, right? And he even made a joke because he was like, he actually, you know, cursing in a in a press conference it was funny to hear a head coach do that and he's like i gotta get better yeah. at this um but <laughs> you see that you see the toughness too so you he plays under center he makes quicker reads he's actually in a huddle spitting out plays he's making calls at the line of scrimmage so you do see that crossover to more of a pro style offense which obviously makes the evaluation easier he's a really tough guy running over dbs as you mentioned and yeah uh trey lance needs to start sliding and yeah, Justin totally. Fields needs to stop with the spin move and start sliding as well. It's like, get down, do <laughs> yeah. not take those hits, run out of bounds, whatever you have to do. I, I like the toughness, I like the competitiveness. Get the hell down. There's obviously a lot to like with a prospect that has the tools that Trey Lance has. Some things, though, that just hold me back from thinking, yeah, you know what? It really could be Lance at number three. More with Chris Biederman coming up. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money, and then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com By the way, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there is a new favorite to be selected at number three to the San Francisco 49ers, and it is no longer Mac Jones. It is, in fact, Justin Fields. We'll see if that flip-flops again over the course of the next two weeks. Uh, I bet it does. And I bet that changes after the Trey Lance pro day. Number one pick, number two pick, which player at which position goes first. Tons of draft props at betonline.ag that you can get in on. Make that draft day a little bit more fun and maybe make yourself a little bit of money if you think you've got an edge on what people are expecting will happen throughout the NFL draft. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, BetOnline even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine to go along with table games and poker as well. And it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website. You can use your mobile device too. Sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code LOCKEDON, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. One of the problems I have with Trey Lance is obviously the sample size is small. 
the run first offense that they played, he had only about 371, I think was the number, mm-hmm. pass attempts in his college career. 17 starts, same amount of starts as Mac Jones had. Mac Jones had like double as many pass attempts as Trey Lance did. And then so 30% of, of Trey Lance's snaps were under center. So then you're looking at an even smaller sample of what looks like what you did. And it's like, man, a hundred and something career snaps under center. Is that really enough for you to trade three first rounds to go up to get? It's just that there's so few data points in the, and I was really all about Trey Lance when the Niners were at 12, because I thought he was the guy that could get there. And for all the reasons you mentioned, the high upside and it's like, okay, perfect fit with Jimmy G. If he gets close to 12 where they could go strike and go up and get him, or if he falls all the way to 12, I could absolutely see that being the pick. But the lack of information and the, the, the incomplete picture to move up to get him is the part that I'm having a lot of trouble with Trey Lance being the guy. But, man, you mentioned it. When you watch Trey Lance play and you see that wide leak and the tight ends on the backside of the play wide opens, like, I've seen that before. That looks really familiar. Yeah. And you know Kyle Shanahan sees the same thing when he's watching that player. So interesting comp there to C.J. Beathard. It's not the natural comp that you would think of. People are talking about Steve McNair and Cam Newton when they're talking about Trey Lance. But I can absolutely connect those dots like when the 49ers drafted C.J. Beathard. And the thing is, too, with the sample size, and I think it's totally fair, right? And this is pretty much an unprecedented situation because you're coming off a pandemic and the fact he only played one game in 2020. But, you know, I, I look at it I, I, over the last couple of days, trying to compare and contrast Lance and Fields. 2019, you know, Trey Lance was a redshirt sophomore. He's He's 19 years old in that season. When Justin Fields was 19 years old, he was a backup at Georgia and just transferring. So if you look at it, if you compare each of those guys at the same age, I think you can make a case that Trey Lance was more advanced than Justin Fields, just based on where they were at at those ages, right? And so what Justin Fields got as a pretty big advantage was a full season last year. So I don't know how Kyle Shanahan views that and how that impacts his evaluation. Um, what I have heard is that, and this is, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of BS about Justin Fields and, and the comments about his commitment and all that stuff. I don't buy it all. And I think it's irresponsible that it's been presented um, the way it has. And I don't believe that he's sliding, which a, a lot of, you know, the, the media has has talked about his slide. I don't see that. But I bring that up because um, as far as Trey Lance, you dig in and you talk to people he seems like a very high level individual, both from an intangible standpoint, you know, team leader, um, alpha locker room personality, a guy that his offensive linemen love to celebrate with when he's in the end zone. Um, and the X's and O stuff on the board, you know, you hear that he's very good from, from that standpoint. Right. And you hear that, um, you know, he's just the 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 Tim Cowan piece in ESPN where he talked about uh, Trey Lance just for no reason, really, in the middle of the season studying NFL defenses aside. I mean, the reason is he wants to be a good pro, but just right. like he didn't that that's not something that a lot of guys do right when they're 19, 20 years old. And so there there's a lot of that stuff like there are kernels in my mind that say, all right. It's a risk. And Kyle Shanahan said uh, at their press conference a few different times, like there are risks in everything. 
And then so I think the risk he might be talking about is the fact that, yeah, there is a small sample size with Trey Lance. Um, but there's also a 17 game size, a 17 game sample with Mac Jones, too. Um, and you are getting a, a bigger uh, a bigger sample size with Justin Fields. Um, but you also wonder, all right, in that Ohio State offense, which, you know, is looks much less like a pro style offense than than the you know, than what Trey Lance did at North Dakota State. Does playing in that offense create bad habits? Right. Like is Kyle Shanahan, if he gets Justin Fields, are there habits that he developed within that offense that he's going to have to work through that Trey Lance doesn't because Trey Lance is coming from um, a more pro style offense or one that's closer to a West Coast offense to to what Kyle Shanahan wants to run. So all these things I I think about and, you know, it's there's an element too of like if sometimes it's not the obvious guy. You know, and that's yeah. just complete and a complete aside. Like you, you think about the draft, and oh, it's obviously going to be this guy because this is what we know about Kyle Shanahan. And then there's a curveball. Like some of that, it, it might paint my bias towards towards Trey Lance a little bit. But um, I just I keep going back to the C.J. Beathard thing, and also, you know, like we know Kyle Shanahan has a cert- certain arrogance about him, right? When it comes to coaching, and I think it's warranted because he's a self confident guy. He he does things because he believes they work and he he has a lot of confidence in himself as a coach and i think some of that arrogance is misplaced a little bit by people on the outside looking at Kyle Shanahan saying oh he only needs a quarterback who just runs his system like he has the utmost confidence in his system to to win in every scenario i buy that to an extent but i also think the arrogance is more likely to be I can take the biggest project and turn him into a star, right? That's, that's sort of what I, cause, cause we haven't had Kyle Shanahan ever in his career, pick his own quarterback in a draft class where he's in a position of power to make that choice, right? Like they pick her cousins in the fourth round back in 2012, but that's not, that's, he got the processor in round four because, you know, you're, you're not able to get that athletic guy at that point in the draft. So if you're investing a fourth round pick in it, you go for the processor because you're more likely to hit on a processor at that point than you are an athlete at that point, right? So now the guy who watched Steve Young and John Elway win Super Bowls for his dad is more likely in my mind to take a swing on an athlete type who can who could be that biggest, strongest, fastest, who also throws well from the pocket, whether that's Lance or Fields, I think it's going to be one of those guys, unless Zach Wilson somehow falls. Um, but so anyway, that that's that's just where I'm coming from with it in that I think there's a chance, and hearing Lewis Riddick say it on TV, you know, there's a chance given his arm strength, given his athleticism, and given the confidence Kyle Shanahan has in himself, he could look at Trey Lance and also Justin Fields and say, I could, tr- this is, this could be my John Elway, right? This could be my Hall of Fame guy that I develop. And so that's why ultimately it's about upside when I, when I think the 49ers are going to take Trey Lance. Um, and, and it might be that your concerns about sample size swing it towards Fields. That, that could totally be it. And, um, but I, but if, if all things are equal and you're just looking at stylistically, uh, how you compare these two guys, I think the edge is towards Lance, but all the experience, big game stuff, big program spotlight, all that stuff points to fields. 
But I don't know how much all of that stuff matters to Shanahan because a lot of that stuff is sort of out of, you know, Trey Lance's control. Right. So I think, you know, I think it's fascinating and I've gone back and forth in my head about it and we've done tons of podcasts and I've written everything there is to write. I feel like about it, <laughs> um, but it's going to be, it's a fascinating decision because I, the good news for the 49ers and the, I think this is true about Mac Jones too. I think no matter who they draft has a really good chance at succeeding because it is a good coaching staff, a good scenario to be in if you're a rookie because you have weapons, you have a good system and all that. So even if it is Mac Jones, I think the 49ers, you know, would get the most out of him, but I would be shocked if it is Mac Jones just because of the upside. And if it is Mac Jones, you're basically telling the world, we think this guy's Tom Brady. And I think that's a ridiculous yeah. <laughs> thing to say about any prospect. Right. You can't project the outlier of outliers, but exactly. you hit on something there with Kyle Shanahan's confidence and when this trade first happened, the, the, my immediate thought was the balls on these guys to give up three first round picks, right? And how amazing would those Zoom meetings have to be? Because to my knowledge, John Lynch never went to North Dakota State to scout. There was only one game to go to this year. Was was Adam Peters at that game? I don't know. Were they already looking at quarterbacks at that point? I don't know if you have any information on that. I um, don't. I don't. I, I do find it interesting that they made the trade two weeks after Trey Lance's pro day. Yeah, and and he's they had never they had never met him. So There's no contact there. So the yeah. the guts to make that move based on one year of one double A tape and some Zoom meetings like that is pretty nuts. If that ends up being the pick, and, and well, they do have a regional scout in the area. That's true. Yeah. So somebody so in the organization, I, somebody in the building saw him live yeah not the gm yeah. not the head coach which also which, which makes me think and that's why every avenue for me points to justin fields because he is the only guy that they met right kyle shanahan coached him when he was 17 years old i guess sure. before the and this time before the trade uh, aside you know in person aside from zoom meetings i think shanahan wasn't there but i believe john lynch was at the senior bowl so he probably met mac jones at some yes. point yeah but Kyle Shanahan's driving this bus, right? And and Kyle Shanahan's all about those personal connections and the John Beck connection, his personal coach, and the way the pro day was set up, almost like it was a personal private workout for just the 49ers. And the fact that he met and coached, and I thought it was, I, I think we caught Kyle Shanahan fibbing a little bit, by the way, because first of all, they told, and I agree with you during that press conference, they told us, look, Kyle Shanahan, or um, Kirk Cousins is not, the, proto, the prototype, it's it's ridiculous is the word he used, that that would be the prototype. It's Patrick right. Mahomes, it's John Elway. You know, those were the names he threw out there. So to me, it's like, it's obviously not going to be Mac Jones. It's, I would be blown away if it's Mac Jones. Yeah. But he also was asked about that quarterback QB collective when he coached a young, I think 17-year-old version of Justin Fields. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of remember that. I was like, come on, dude. You remember that extremely well. Your dad was there. And I heard Sage Rosenfels later on a podcast. I don't know. I think it might have been with Peter King talk about that same camp. And Sage Rosenfels mm -hmm. is going off. He's like, oh, dude, this guy's a superstar. He was an obvious top five draft pick when we had him there as a teenager. He like made this huge impression on him. And I think Kyle Shanahan was sort of fibbing a little bit trying to downplay that. Yeah. Just every and, and like you mentioned the upside because I can see the upside with uh, with Trey Lance, obviously. But Justin Fields has the upside, too. 
And yeah. there's the personal connection and, and there's more tape to go off of and the big games and the toughness that he's displays. Like everything goes to Justin Fields and the fact that now Vegas has flipped to Justin Fields, certainly not a surprise to me and, and probably not a surprise to you because it sounds like you didn't buy into any of the Mac Jones stuff either. But since there's a whole draft thing going on, draft the draft game, the game of the NFL draft, the, the secrecy and the schadenfreude the teams are up to with all this, I've got some conspiracy theories, Chris, that I want to run by you next. You're trying to get in shape. You're trying to get that post-pandemic summer bod back. Nutrition's a big part of it. Find something full of protein that's low in sugar instead of a sugary snack that is going to derail your diet. I'm talking about Built Bar. You can also save 15% by using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All the old flavors, fantastic ones, some new flavors. You see a lot of them in that Built Bar bracket during March Madness. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, even good for a keto diet. Feel good about yourself. Have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Great for the health conscious folks out there that can help your diet lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com, find your favorite flavors, even build your own box of Built Bars. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Chris Peterbin of the SAC B joining me here today. Don't forget to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft. Go subscribe. It starts Monday. It's on its very own feed, Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network and odyssey okay chris if we're talking about the draft game and we're talking about the pro days and the fact that the 49ers have admitted and, and john lynch has admitted that there's that's part of it and that they didn't want to play that draft game this year with the pro days and they wanted to be able to go scout those guys and the fact that this all feels like very smoke screeny with mac jones you being a plugged-in writer, have you heard anything from anybody? Because Mayoko seemed to be convinced at one point, and when it comes from a guy like Adam Schefter, who not only did he say he thought that was the pick, he's like, oh, it's the pick. That's the way he put it. He's like, what, really? It's Mac Jones, and you're that sure? Where's that information coming from? Have you had any source or any idea of where all of these people seem to be getting this information? Because I can't imagine that they're just like, all, oh, yeah, he looks like a boring old quarterback. Kyle Shanahan probably loves him. Let's just everybody in the entire industry put Mac Jones in our mock drafts at number three. So what I can say at this point, um, when the, the, the couple weeks after they made the trade, um, of, of course, all of the national people were saying Mac Jones. And speaking to somebody inside, the personnel department and the scouting department, or I get that they're one and the same, the personnel department and the coaching staff didn't know what the pick was. And I still, I'm, I still don't know if they know. So I have a really hard time believing that the national writers have a better idea of the people in the building um, at that point. Now, maybe that's changed now, but I, I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have, have played this close to the vest. And I think we were talking about this before, before he came on, but the tenor of Schefter's confidence seemed to change after the jets made that trade, um, sending Sam Darnold to Carolina. And I think if you're the 49ers, you know, people say, well, you know, they're picking at three. What's the point of having a smoke screen? Well, it's like, 
if you're really honed in on a guy and you just invested three first round picks in, in getting somebody, you don't want to get jumped for him. If the, if you have any, any uncertainty at all about the Jets at, at number two, in that they could have potentially decided to keep Darnold and trade out of that second spot. If you have any uncertainty, then yeah, there's plenty of reason to let the world know that you're taking Mac Jones because you don't want to get jumped for Justin Fields or Trey Lance um, or even Zach Wilson, I guess. So, you know, I think it's notable that Schefter sort of eased off the accelerator on the uh, on the Mac Jones stuff because, you know, he sounded pretty certain right before that trade was made. And then after he was like, well, if, if I were to guess, it would be Mac Jones. Um, and Peter King said the same thing. And, and, you know, Chris Sims is plugged in. I just, I keep going back to Shanahan's perspective on Super Bowls and winning, right? Like his dad coached Steve Young, dynamic quarterback, his dad coached John Elway, dynamic quarterback, athlete, high-end prospect, right? Um, he lost to Patrick Mahomes on a third and 15 play that was well outside the structure. Just the fact <laughs> that he was in shotgun took 12 steps behind the line of scrimmage uh, in his drop, just heaved the ball. Like that's, that's not a play that anybody like Mac Jones or Kirk Cousins could ever make. And after Matt his, Ryan probably can after his quarterback play. missed a deep ball as well, that could have played a big yeah. role in them winning the Super Bowl. Exactly. And then Matt Ryan, you know, being un, unable to evade a pass rusher in 2016 and that strip sack that was obviously so important in the Falcons blowing the, the 28, three lead. And, you know, Josh Allen destroying the Niners defense every which way in December. Um, Russell Wilson overcoming a pretty mediocre roster with the Seahawks over and over again to to elevate his team because he can make all these plays outside of structure. So as much as you can look at Shanahan's history and say, yeah, he likes Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub and whatever – their stated goal is to compete for Super Bowls. Kyle Shanahan wants to win multiple Super Bowls like his dad did. Um, and so I just feel like you have a margin for error if you have one of those athletic guys because, you know, Peter King came on our podcast and he's he thinks it's probably going to be Mac Jones. But he also said, look, if Trent Williams gets hurt and the offensive line starts to get leaky, there's no way you can feel more confident in Mac Jones than somebody like, you know, one of these one of these more athletic guys who can make plays outside of structure. So I just, you know, Kyle Shanahan, one of the most progressive and innovative coaches in the league. To me, it would just be reductive to take a quarterback that just is cemented in the pocket. And I think it's a very fair question to ask. Is Mac Jones that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Or did you just give up three first round picks to maybe get a little bit better at quarterback and was were those three picks invested to find somebody that's healthier than Garoppolo? Like, does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense to me in the context of Kyle Shanahan's just football history and what he's seen, even though he has had success with Kirk Cousins. But I do, uh, you made the point about the personal connection thing. Um, you'll remember with, with CJ Beathard, Shanahan never saw him work out before they drafted him. And obviously this, you know, CJ Beathard's a, fourth round pick or late third round pick like it's very different scenarios but Shanahan was comfortable comfortable with watching the film sending Rich Scangarello to work out with him and ultimately the 49ers are going to get two pro days or 
at least a pro day with their scouting director and regional scout there back in March. And then this pro day on Monday. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what my, what my long rambling point here is, but I, I just, you know, I think it's very easy to say Kyle Shanahan wants Kirk cousins and that's ultimately what he wants. But I think that's Kyle Shanahan. That could potentially be the death knell in Kyle Shanahan's tenure. If he's willing to invest these picks in another Kirk Cousins like that to me just doesn't track. Yeah. And and that makes sense. I mean, if Mike McDaniels doesn't know who the pick is, then Adam Schefter doesn't know who the pick is either. Right. And, right. and you mentioned it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Kyle Shanahan's dad and who he grew up watching and who his dad won with. And uh, Adam Schefter is the guy who wrote Mike Shanahan's book. Right. Do you think right. that this is my theory? Do you think Mike Shanahan is playing double agent <laughs> because, I mean, he's team Kyle more than he's team Adam Schefter or anybody else in the media, right? Do you think Mike yeah. Shanahan is the guy who's playing double agent and was out there putting Mac Jones' name out there for his baby boy and trying to help out the 49ers so they, they could hide who the guy is that they really liked? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I think it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's possible. Here's the other thing. Like, the 49ers could love Mac Jones and they could tell the entire world that they love Mac Jones. That doesn't mean they're taking Mac Jones. Right. So right. if Adam Schefter were in theory to hit up Mike Shanahan and say, you know, what do you think of this class? Because obviously he can't come out and ask. I mean, he could potentially. But generally, like when I when I talk to sources, I don't come out and ask, who are you taking? I try to gather as much information <laughs> okay. as I can follow bread breadcrumbs. So I'm not putting these guys in a bad spot. Right. That's part of the whole information exchange. I could see Adam Schefter saying, what do you think of Mac Jones? And then Mike Shanahan being, oh, I love Mac Jones. He would be great in this offense. And I know um, Kyle likes him too. Yeah. And and maybe, that. you know, maybe without saying who they're going to take, maybe that's the, the takeaway that Schefter has. I do think it's very interesting, um, the the John Beck aspect of this, right? Mm-hmm. The, the quarterbacks coach um, who Matt Barrows wrote about this week in The Athletics saying that, you know, John Beck has been working with basically all these guys, not Mac Jones. John Beck has not worked with Mac Jones, which I find to be interesting and telling. But I also find it telling that John Beck started working with Trey Lance after the 49ers made the trade. Yeah. Now, and that was the 49ers suggested that too, if I understand correctly. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how that all worked out. If it was Trey Lance's camp reaching out to Beck and Beck saying, sure. Or if it was the Niners saying, Hey, John, go work out with, go work out with Trey and maybe work on some things and we'll see what the progress is like at the pro day or something like that. Right. But I think it's a very unique angle to, to, to look into this because it's an, it's a different level of scouting because if John Beck, who's close with Kyle Shanahan and a lot of other people in the building, he could be an extension of the coaching staff essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Like, like a third party extension of the coaching staff who's working closely with all these guys who could give the 49ers insight that they might not otherwise have. So the fact that Beck is not working with Mac Jones to me is telling right to me that, I mean, that would be, you know, John Beck being Kyle Shanahan's guy, John Beck orchestrating the the pro days to mimic what the 49ers do offensively. So the 49ers have a better idea of how these guys fit to do that with Trey Lance and Justin Fields and not Mac Jones to me is telling um, we'll, we'll have to see ultimately about that. But I, I do think it's, it perked my ears up a little bit when I saw that, that, that um, 
that John Beck started working with Trey Lance after the 49ers made mm-hmm. that trade. And that the 49ers were purposely smoke screening by not going to Lance's pro day and then realize, you know what, screw this, let's make a trade. And then we'll still get to see him too. And we'll have that second pro day. So the, there is definitely something yeah. to the draft game that all those things still all point away from Mac Jones, in my opinion. And maybe it was just that they went to Mac Jones pro day first and everyone saw that and thought, Oh, Mac Jones is the pick. And they didn't realize there were the other pro days too. So I think there's some laziness involved in, in some of the Mac Jones connections and who knows, maybe it is Mac Jones and everybody knows. And, and I've got my head in the sand, but a couple of weeks ago I said it was 55% Justin Fields, 40%, Trey Lance and like about 5% Mac Jones. That's how confident I am. It's not Mac Jones. If you had to put a percentage on it, how would you feel about it? Do you, do you have Lance as the top guy still? Yeah. So I, I, we actually did this on the podcast. Kyle and I recorded on locker room um, last night. Somebody asked, and I think I went um, 60% Lance just cause I've, I've written it. I've, I've sort of planted the flag. I got to stick with yeah, it. Yeah. You got to now. You can't um, flip flop either. Don't do <laughs> yeah. that. Peterman. No, I'm not going to. I've, I I wrote I wrote I thought it would be Lance the Tuesday after they made the trade, and I I decided I'm sticking with it no matter what happens, unless there's some report like some actual reporting that says this is who they're taking. Um, so I'm I'm going 60% Lance, uh, 35% Fields, and 5% Jones because I'm not naive to the point that you know Jones isn't a possibility. I think it could happen, but I I just don't. Here's the thing. I think Jones could be good, um, particularly with the 49ers. I think he could he could end up being a quarterback, a winning quarterback. I don't know if he would ever be good enough to win a Super Bowl without ideal circumstances, but I just don't think he's the guy you trade three first to get. I think if he's there at 12, you know, fine. But if he's if you're trading three first, I just don't think he's that guy. And ultimately, I think it's it is about the athleticism and the traits for Kyle Shanahan and somebody that he can mold to be that Elway, Steve Young type. And I think that's certainly far more likely to be Lancer Fields. There you have it. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Biederman. Find his work at the Sacramento Bee. Part two with Chris coming up next week. I'm going to cover everything going on with the 49ers, get deeper into other prospects and later selections in the NFL draft right here. Locked on 49ers.